When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Back with you, Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Weekend, presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal. And uh, we are efforting Brandon Vogel uh, as uh, we'll get Vogue's locked in. Uh, numbers to join us this second hour at 466 3776 825 5865. Plenty of recruiting news to get into as Nebraska uh, all over the state and uh, making a trip down to Arizona with uh, one Dylan uh, Riola. Uh, see where that uh, can take Nebraska. Also, Cranach and Elijah. Nebraska uh, keeping track of a couple potential Bulldogs that are in the portal, an outside linebacker. And a, uh, a tight end. Uh, we'll see where that goes. And, uh, of course, we've spent a, a lot of time here the last part of hour one talking about what the future holds for one Xavier Betts and Nebraska mm-hmm. football. Can email the show, as always, chris at hailvarsity.com. Uh, Brandon Vogel in just a moment. And uh, we'll spend time with Gary Sharp, the Iron Horse around 8.30 or so. So it's weird to to have uh, no football. I mean, NFL action, yes, but college football's uh, finally wrapped up, and it's been a whirlwind season. We're managing editor with HaleVarsity.com and magazine, Brandon L. Vogel, uh, hunkered down in this football office. Vogue's uh, been a pretty good week for Nebraska as we put a bow on the college football season with Georgia flexing once again. How are you this morning? I'm doing well. How are you guys? We're good. We're good. Uh, thoughts with uh, Nebraska uh, as it pertains to just their movement this week. Uh, Friday, the uh, the floodgates opened in-state and out-of-state with visiting different prospects and also, uh, you know, winter conditioning on the doorstep here this uh, upcoming week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty strong start to the week i mean <laughs> you see the the flood of social media posts and local high school coaches talking about um, the last time a nebraska coach had stopped by which is always one of those things that i think fans like to see but also hate to see because it, it prompts some questions um but it, so it goes uh you know the transfer addition of walter rouse this week i think it's pretty big for for nebraska um so all in all, it's always the, the honeymoon period with a, with a new coaching staff, particularly this early. But uh, things do seem to be going pretty well for the Huskers. 
Brandon, uh, listener on the stream, Dion uh, writes that I hope Rule knows what he's doing about bets. Personally, I wouldn't take bets back. I won't trust him. Um, fair, considering that bets just sort of bounced, right? He just left. But why would you take him back? And what is your understanding of, you know, how bets was in the locker room or not? Like, was. Would you equate him to like Maurice Washington, who is sort of, you know, from what you hear, kind of toxic within the locker room? Would you put bets in that category or, or, or why would you take him back? I mean, I think you'd take him back. Well, it's, it's college football and obviously he's a talented player. So let's, let's not pretend that that's not part of the, the math here. It is. Um, but you have a player who I think, struggled a little bit to not adapt to the college game. I mean, he was perfectly good in spurts when we saw him, but I think adapt to try to figure out exactly what it is he's passionate about and what he wants to do. Um, And you always got the sense with him, at least I did, that he was a very good football player, um, which maybe wasn't his kind of, life's ambition at the moment and you know and he's a young guy and he spent some time without the game and outside of the stadium and the fact that he wants back in i think tells you that football has remained part of his his life and and for for rules sake in addition to just the talent i think there's also the give a guy a chance um try to help a kid out who i think you know in some of his statements showed he was he was just struggling with with some things so i think there's also part of that and as an in-state kid um as you try to build this relationship with in-state coaches um there's some benefit to be had that way as well but brandon the talent speaks for itself is it fair to say that i mean if he picks up where he left off at nebraska he he probably steps into the wide receiver room as the most talented guy in there just based on on pure athletic ability and what he can do in a football field he, he can just do things that a lot of other athletes can't do it's a similar story with a guy like malachi Comey. look at that and you just go purely based on athletic ability there's a lot to work with i'd say the same about bets do you think he steps in as being maybe not the best guy in the room but the most talented guy in the room if you follow me yeah yeah i think in terms of physical talent he's he's right up there um we'll see how some of these these younger players who are on the roster who have been around for a season or two kind of continue to develop i mean i look at the season that marcus washington had for nebraska and i I thought it was really strong from him i didn't know exactly what to expect for him coming from texas didn't have a whole lot of expectations and i think he exceeded most of those Uh, i think that's a player you can kind of kind of build around but in terms of like sheer talent physical and athletic ability uh that certainly ranks up there um and, and specifically in the speed category Brandon Vogel with us here on Hale Varsity Weekend at Brandon L. Vogel. On Twitter is where you find him. Wide receiver uh, is is one area of need. Uh, Nebraska portaling there already um, with uh, a guy who's played a, a lot of college football uh, in in uh, the Virginia transfer. Uh, and Kemp? Uh, one more time. Kemp? Kemp, yeah. Kemp is where I was reaching my mind, not working as quickly as it needs to this morning. But uh, Kemp, uh, you know, with the punt return and, and then that, that slot ability at 5'9", that's that's a body type you want. You've got Alante. You mentioned Washington. You figure out where, where bets can maybe work into the equation if 
uh, all things proceed. And, and then tight end room. Let's go there because uh, Vokalek off to the NFL. Austin Allen's been in the league for a year. You've got some young guys, and I think of a guy like Carney, Borkacher, uh, Rollins, uh, of course. Uh, Chancellor's gone. So you need to either have some guys that haven't seen a lot of field time, aside from Borkacher, step up, or you can go portal again. And, uh, you know, Nebraska has a chance here to uh, to maybe make a, a pretty good impression with um, with the, the Georgia tight end that, that may – find his way and he's stuck behind <laughs> uh, Elijah's favorite tight end in college football yeah um, and I mean you talk about kind of additions that you know maybe technically you already had in in bets um, I mean technically had is less the case here but Thomas Fedoni uh, it'd be nice to see him healthy for for a that, full that's a name that's probably pretty season. obvious yes <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, in terms of what Nebraska has on the roster, like that one, in terms of talent, physical ability, I think probably isn't close. I mean, Thomas Fedoni was was ranked ahead, I think, of in, in that recruiting class of Elijah's current favorite tight end. So tells you at least where that was at coming out of high school. I mean, I think that's vital. You know, you look at you look at Borger and what he he did over the season. He kind of is the steadiest one. I think I think you got, but. That one's that one's pretty interesting, and that's an area that I think now that Nebraska has has addressed some things on the O line, there's not much time left in this portal window. But in the the one post spring, if Nebraska doesn't doesn't make an addition, we'll see how that tight end room looks looks in the spring because that's a spot where I could certainly see Nebraska trying to add a little bit of experience. See, there you know, is the uh, uh, the player I'm talking about, Cranach uh, and Vogues and, and Elijah that. Uh, was was in town last night. Yep. Yeah. And, and <clears throat> Georgia's scraps will do just fine. Uh. <laughs> well, well, speaking speaking of Georgia's scraps, folks, MJ Sherman seems to be another potential option for Nebraska. An edge rusher slash outside linebacker. Another guy who, I mean, saw the field sparringly at Georgia, but was very talented coming out of high school and just stuck behind some some NFL guys. So, what's your take on Sherman? Is Nebraska? got potential there to land a guy in Sherman? What can Sherman bring to the football field? I, I think they'll, I think they'll have a shot. Um, you know, he was obviously with, with Dan Lanning uh, at Georgia, who's currently at Oregon. You, you immediately kind of jump to, well, that's probably somebody to, to watch out for. I haven't seen if Oregon's, you know, officially expressed any interest yet or not. I presume they will. I, I like him quite a bit. And I'm somebody who, I get a little hesitant with, I think our default setting with these players that come from Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, et cetera, is like, well, they weren't playing a ton, but look at all the talent, which can be true. And in this case, I think it was. And the thing that impressed me about him is he really made a contribution on special teams. Like, you know, a former, (laughs) you don't take that for granted with former five-star guys because he came in at a similar level to a lot of those Georgia players that were ahead of him. And, and they just ended up ahead of him. So, But the fact that he was a kind of key contributor, I think Kirby Smart even called out specifically his contributions on special teams, leaves me with a pretty good feeling about him as, as a player, as a potential player at Nebraska. Yeah, I mean, if you're sitting behind a couple first-rounders, but you're a third-rounder, that's fine. <laughs> okay, sure. we'll t- take that. Um, all right, so let's, let's look at the state of Texas and I think we knew Matt Rule would come in and prioritize it, given his history at, at Baylor. Um, 
but I think they've they've taken it kind of to another level here. Let's kind of recap. You got receivers coach Garrett McGuire, son of Joey McGuire, who was a Texas high school coaching legend and now at, at Texas Tech, of course. You have this Dr. Elza, who is kind of like the president of the equivalent of the NSAA here, from what I can gather. Um, so obviously connected to literally every high school's athletic department in the entire state. She's going to be joining as like a chief of staff. Um, and then you also have Bob, uh, Bob Wager, who is a uh, coach of a prominent high school f- program in Texas and also the president of the football coaches. So obviously another connected guy. I, Brandon, I'm bringing all this up because I'm just trying to think like I, I don't think there's there's a comp in Nebraska's history where like everybody says they're going to recruit X area or Y area, but that is Nebraska like firmly planting a flag right the hell in the middle of that state. Um, it's it's kind of jumped the shark in that way, <laughs> don't you think? Given the people that they're bringing in. Yeah. Um, so when I saw the. Um, the administrative edition yesterday like it kind of i was like you know if this was if texas state had fired jimbo fisher and matt rule went there and made those hires that we're just talking about like they'd be ecstatic because it's a clear kind of offensive move into into the state of texas which which is interesting to the point where i was like there have been moments where i'm like oh texas again for for nebraska so they're clearly trying to plant a flag. I think that's that's the the right term for it there, which which is interesting. You know, I, I've never been somebody who kind of has looked at Nebraska's fortunes since it joined the Big Ten and thought, well, you know, losing that direct connection to Texas was one of my first two or three reasons Nebraska's fall has happened a little bit. But I think when you look at programs in Nebraska's kind of region. A lot of them have to – they got to have a direct connection somewhere to one of those recruiting hotbeds. And if it's going to be Texas for Nebraska and they can pull it off with these connections that they've sort of strategically made, great. You know, some of those great Indiana teams – well, not great, but the, the strong Indiana teams of 2019 or 2020 and 2021 really hit Florida hard. I think Minnesota is a program that – tends to have a ton of connections and a ton of players from Florida. So you're going to need one of those. It's like the old NCAA football game. You got to, got to create those pipeline States, right? Um, You got to have one, you got to have Florida, you got to have Georgia, you got to have Texas, maybe less. So California in, in today's football, but with this staff, I think it's pretty clear where they're hoping to make that um, kind of fertile recruiting ground. And it's the state of Texas. Vogue's really fast. I mean, not to jump ahead of you, but I have a good NCAA football question here that's, that's been on my mind. If, you, if you're looking ahead to the, to the class of 2024, and you know in the NCAA football game, you can go in and create a recruit. You know, you, you make him from your backyard. You make him a five-star, a guy that's going to come in and change your program. You could do that if you want to. If you could do that for Nebraska, give me the, the archetype of player you would create that you think would help Nebraska in 2024, or is that player just Dylan Riola? Um, it, it might just be Dylan Riola. Um, I might take all his attributes, making Brandon Vogel Jr. from Hemingford, Nebraska, give us a little bit better. I mean, you've already got the legacy connection. I think 
we'll see. There, there could be a long way to go with that one. Um, but, uh, you know, we've obviously got the strong Husker connections there in a couple of different ways. So he may effectively be an in-state recruit, but if he's not, I'll duplicate him, um, make him my progeny and, and put him in state. It's just as a backup option. Love that. <laughs> Hemming Ford is uh, yes. Uh, we gotta we gotta get the uh, the Hemming Ford uh, T-shirt going here next next weekend, folks. Uh, more shout outs. I love it. But I, I like uh, when we were listening to Coach Barthel earlier this week. He referenced his uh, backstory a bit in, on the East Coast, clearly, but not only being at, at Penn State and in the Big Ten for a time, so knowing the east coast that cord corridor but also being at, at, at bergen i mean that that's another pipeline and look look at all of the the reach nebraska has not only to to Cranax point and what you've echoed that that planting in texas but also the ability to go east coast and to me that adds up guys when you look back nebraska's most successful teams started at home, kept players at home, and a lot of the O-line was homegrown, and, and you had homegrown defensive linemen as well. And then you'd kind of zoom out to that 500-mile radius and you'd grab from Kansas City or you'd go hit Missouri hard. It's just felt like Nebraska has not had a stable second home for, for quite a while. Clearly that can become Texas, and I think it can become New Jersey again. And not that you don't go West Coast, but, man, uh, or or pay attention to Florida either because I think Nebraska's done that well. But tell me a little bit here about the value, Vogues, uh, with the East Coast. And, and can Nebraska, if Texas is going to be one, can, can Jersey or should Jersey be 1A? I don't know if it should be, be 1A. Um Nebraska should probably be one A though. If we're leave, move, removing that from the conversation, that, that's um, that's the of, that's the starting point. Is Nebraska yeah. right? It, it's not. It's 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 zero. It's it's a given. I get it. Um, the thing that's interesting about the East Coast to me is, I think there's opportunities to get players who are a little bit undervalued and probably under recruited for for a couple of reasons you know we look at texas high school football in texas or georgia and and it really is kind of a religion and it's you know covered to to a big big degree now you know i wasn't on the eastern seaboard that far south but i did live on the east coast for quite a while and it's not that high school football is not important but it feels more like an activity than, than a religion team that's done really well out there uh, lately, I think, is Michigan. Um, hired Biff Pogge, kind of an instrumental guy who's now the head coach at Charlotte. Um, had, you know, a successful high school coach out there. Nebraska has those connections. It's not that you're going to fill your classes from that region year in and year out, I think, but I do think there's there's value to be had because less so with kind of the Maryland, Virginia area, but you get up into Philadelphia, New York, et cetera, unless you're talking Penn state or if the Michigan connection kind of remains now that that Pogi is gone, uh, where's the natural place for a player that's that like big 10 level to go. I mean, you've got Syracuse, you've got Boston college that are, you know, really up North, but 
it's kind of an open ground and with the number of connections this staff has you know even greater than the ones that gone out and sought to to make texas directly connected i think nebraska has an opportunity to do really well there and it matches up with i think how they like to recruit anyway they like the guy that they're going to be the first offer on they like the guy that's not getting the attention that probably happens in the east coast guys more than more often than not you know, and Walter Rouse, the transfer that Nebraska just landed from Stanford, he hails from Baltimore, right? So he's on that eastern seaboard, and Nebraska taps into him. I want to really quick jump into there and then how you sort of cross-reference that with spring ball. You're not going to have Casey Thompson this spring as he recovers from injury. Walter Rouse, the presumed – I mean, I, th- I think you pencil him in at left tackle um, or right, depending on how well uh, – Prohaska comes back. Um, but I, I guess I'm, I'm wondering, wh- wh- what do you see as that impact on the offensive line? If you, if you pence, is like Prohaska and Rouse are probably your tackles. So where does that leave Ben Arden and Corcoran? And then two, just spring ball in general this year. Man, I don't think it's going to be a really good preview of what you're actually going to see in the fall, just given these really big pieces and Thompson and Rouse aren't going to be a part of it. Yeah, I think that's that's a that's a good point. I'm less I less worry about Rouse because I think, <clears throat> given you have players that you were really high on at the time they were recruited and and are still you know they've got good experience, but they've still got multiple years of eligibility left. Like, I don't think you're anyone's throwing out that throwing out anything with those guys you hope you can build some depth there spring becomes important but rouse given the amount of football he played like i, I don't think you miss his absence as much as, as maybe you do casey thompson you know with a transition to a new offensive style and scheme um i should say like based on everything we've heard about casey thompson and his kind of work ethic like football seems to be about all he does even in his free time like i'm not worried about him picking it up but you're gonna run that entire spring with with the quarterback who i don't think unless sims really kind of blows it out of the water with a a new setting you're not gonna have your starter um so you got to find a way to make that valuable and and get uh, a pretty deep quarterback room as as it currently stands um make make those those snaps valuable and and hopefully get a guy ready um and if somebody kind of rises up through through the spring somebody like sims presumably um to to really challenge for that starting spot well you can you can figure that out in the offseason brandon vogel's with us here on hail varsity radio and vogues before we get you out a new black shirts logo has been making the rounds on social media. Oh, Mixed yeah. reviews has is what it's been greeted with. I, I want to get your take on on the logo and, and also have you been able to confirm is this the legit new logo for the black shirts because that's a that's a big change from, you know, years and years of tradition with this old logo to the, for them to change it now and I think it may put some question marks around Trev Albert's tenure at Nebraska as AD and oh, he okay that. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true he's bringing back you know he said he's bringing back old herbie and now he's ditching the, the classic black shirts logo. we gotta get this guy out of here i can't, I can't stand that um oh. no trev's doing trev's doing a great job um i haven't confirmed myself that it is legit but uh a well-placed source did tell us that it probably it probably is so i i don't think it's uh it's internet fakery 
you know, the old, the, the, the only black shirts logo, which, you know, I did a big story on this multiple years ago. We got the guy who created it, just a screen printer in Omaha. Um, it actually debuted in the early eighties and was based, I think the university took over that mark in, in the early nineties. You know, it was clearly something that was kind of handmade. Um, it did, you know, you look at the new one, it's got a new helmet on it. It's got some, some accents, some bevels, like all of the new stuff when you update a logo that, that you do to it. So I don't dislike the, the new one by any means, but it, it does lack a little of the kind of homegrown charm I've always found with the classic one. Yeah, uh, and look in branding sort of terms, it's more of a refresh than it is like a new logo, right? I mean, it's 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 not. You have to have a pretty discerning eye to see the stark differences. It's not, you know what I mean. It's not like all of a sudden it's a pink skull or something, you know. It's, it, 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 I thought Moon I thought it did a pretty in. good job. <laughs> yeah. I thought it did a pretty good job of honoring the original and just kind of updating it a a touch. Well, yeah, we'll I mean, talking. I can tell you from, from having done that story, how the original logo, I'll do this quickly, sorry, uh, mm-hmm. how that original logo came. Dr. Tim Riley, uh, who ran a screen printing business, was the, the originator of that. And he literally, you know, in those days, he, you basically kind of trace logos from books. And he, he found an anatomy book. And that's where that skull comes from. That's where those bones come from. Um, so those are kind of the, the origins of that. Huh. And then I, I believe there was something with, was it Boyd Epley who saw the logo at a game and bought himself a shirt or something like that? You can correct me if I'm yeah, wrong here. What, yeah, I, what what I recall was was Riley took that T-shirt, so he put this out and unveiled it at one of those games. I forget the year exactly, maybe '85 um, against Florida State. Like took made a hand handmade banner took it and unfurled it and that was kind of its debut um and he did like just call up tom osborne was like hey i have this thing people seem to really like it do you want to use it and i think coach osborne was kind of like yeah that's fine um so (laughs) those are those are some of the loose origins of that brandon vogel with us uh hailvarsity.com magazine and uh, be sure to get your subscription today to, to both the magazine and, of course, the, the digital package. Great coverage with the Hale Varsity staff. HaleVarsity.com backslash offer uh, is uh, how you get that hookup. Vogues, what's happening with Hale Varsity this weekend? And tell us a little bit here about the new mag. Yeah, we got a big women's basketball game today, of course. Um, but the January issue uh, goes to print early next week, so that'll be on its way for for subscribers if you're not get in now um brady brady oldman's our football our lead football writer has has a great story just kind of looking at nebraska recruiting over since this new staff has arrived i'm currently working on uh looking at kind of the footprints of both of these coordinators um offense and defense what they've done well at their previous stops some things that were maybe you know weaknesses every offense and defense is going to have have both of those so uh if you're looking for a little bit better understanding i think of where these offenses have been good and where they've they've maybe had some weaknesses that'll be in there as well uh got a great legend story from mike babcock on mj knighton former husker softball player who's now the head coach at university of san diego a pretty important hire for the University of San Diego. Um, so a lot of good stuff. Still time to get in and get that January issue if you're not a subscriber. 
That is awesome. Vogues, have yourself a weekend, bud. Thanks for jumping on with us. Thanks, guys. There he is, Brandon Vogel. Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal, quick time out as we work through a weekend edition of Hale Varsity and the Iron Horse. In the on-deck circle, Gary Sharp with us at Hale Varsity. We're presented by Currency.